Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach with the Jock and the Doc. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to get more clients. And this is a four part series. And the reason we're diving into this is we just got back from a conference in Chicago and I feel like every conference we go to, people are always asking, how do I get more clients? How do I get more clients? And so we're actually going to start from the very basic. Dr. J is gonna kick it off with like, what does a client value? Yeah. So. As you know, like value is so important, but it's also so nuanced. So value is really the, um, the end result of someone taking the benefit of something, subtracting the cost, um, effort, money, whatever, and then that equals value. And so we know as many different types of personalities and lifestyles there are, there's so many different variations on what an individual values, but it doesn't have to be a mystery. So one of the things that I like to do is break it down into four different ways to think about value so that you can kind of run through what you're doing and say, am I hitting clients here? Am I hitting clients there on the value? So I got four. So we'll start with the first one. And that's functional value. And functional value has to do with like, are you meeting my needs or desires? Is, it, is the service that you're providing or the product you're providing hitting either a pain point of mine or is it, um, is it doing one of those, uh, is it a desire? So if I have a wedding coming up and I wanna look amazing and you're telling me that I can feel better and look better in six weeks, maybe that's what I'm looking for, like that, that's a desire that I have. Um, whereas something else, um, it might be more of a pain point or something that I really wanna get over, move better, feel better, those types of things. What are you seeing with, with functional value? Yeah, and what I think is important there is it, it comes down to people kind of breaking down who they're speaking to. It, it comes back to the saying, if you're, if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. Exactly. So when, when you're, as a trainer or a gym owner or whatever you're doing that, really understanding who your client avatar is who you're speaking, who you're talking to. Because like what you're saying there is like, if you know their pain points. So if I know if I'm working with, you know, um, young moms, I can talk about, you know, uh, you know it's, it's hard to get in the food with also getting meals for your kids and, and your husband and, and work and busy and chasing kids all the time and stuff like that. And, and you start making your messaging specific to them. Uh, because if I just talk about like, hey, you want to lose weight, people are like, well, they're just going to, you know, we're so used to seeing so many ads and so many different things distracting us. Like it's, it's hard to kind of see that. So really kind of breaking it down for your, your, the services that you have of like, okay, is this going to hit that, that functional pain point? And then can I speak specifically to that? Because that's going to draw that person in. Yeah. And, and like we've talked before, it's also about what questions you ask on that, right? And so even if somebody comes in and they say right off the bat, weight loss, Diving into it further really truly helps you understand what desire and or pain point that they really want. And so it's, it's listening, but it's also making sure you fully understand. So the second value is monetary value. And, and most of us are pretty familiar with that, but it's really, again, the cost against the perceived worth. So do I view your product or service worth any cost that is associated with. And cost isn't just money, it's what do I give up to do this? So for example, if I'm looking at a gym membership or signing up with a personal trainer, is that worth to me? Is, is the value there that maybe I'll do a little less retail therapy or a little less daily coffee runs, things like that. So also making sure that, and it's not just about being cheaper, it's really about that equation, the value, the worth of it, minus anything that they might have to give up. 
where I see young trainers struggle with this is they start to use their own value. They're like, man, this is expensive. Like, I know we're selling some high quality supplements here, but like, if you go to like Walmart, you can get them way cheaper kind of deal there. And like yeah. the client's like, I got to spend time. I got to go through and figure out which ones to do. And then it's not as good as quality. Like it's just not the same thing. Also even think of value of time wise. You know, I, I know when we first started off, our location wasn't ideal for the, the, the clients that we had in town. We're, because we're more of a higher end one-on-one -on -one training facility. It was really, um, uh, you know, kind of a guide of ours, uh, Thomas Plummer, who kind of pushed me to go to this better location town. Because like sometimes, you know, with our personal training, if they're coming two or three times a week, and it's a 20 minute drive there and a 20 minute drive back in our town of Columbia, Missouri, which is a long time, <laughs> um, they're like, well, I, I just don't have the time to do that. And I'm also amazed too of, of when we talk about value, it's not, like you said, just about a lower price point. Because if you're playing that game, then you're competing against you know, Planet Fitness is going to be super cheap. Um, but if you can do the, I'm going to add more value. Because I have some clients that pay up to $5,000 a month for a high-end executive package because they get so much value to that. So not always thinking about it as like, okay, you know, what are my competitors doing um, and how can I price based off that? That was another thing I was hearing from this, this conference of people when they're talking about basing the prices. They were just like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing that's other places do, and I'm going to charge the same thing. I'm like, well, what makes you really stand out then? So you got to figure out like what makes you stand out. Yeah, and again, too, um, lower isn't always better, whether it's price point and effort. So, for example, you know, we see people that, I mean, if you've ever stood at the line at the grocery store, it's just exhausting. Like, nobody wants to, and they're like, okay, this is eating up 15 minutes of my time. But people will stay online for hours trying to get the, the concert tickets that they wanted or something like that because it's worth, that time is worth it to them. So if they're in your community of a gym, fitness facility, and that feels good to them and, and that time is worth it, they'll also extend that. So you can't always assume less is best, no. but again, efficiency is typically good. The other one I want to talk about is social value. And social value has to do with the degree to which Oh, it's connecting to people. So what are you asking them to do? What is your service, your product? And to what degree does it impact how they connect to people? Now, this goes both ways, right? If I go into a facility, and maybe it's cheaper, but it is packed. I can't get to the equipment. I can't find a trainer to ask a question to, or it's really hard to schedule around with my schedule. Then I might feel like there's too many people and too much, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my me time and or um, if I go to you and, and um, you give me a meal plan and I look at it and I'm like, wow, okay, this meal plan doesn't allow me to go um, to Mexico with my friends on the weekends and we have this Friday night ritual or pizza night with the family or things like that. And so the, how do they view your product is extending the degree to which they enjoy and prefer connecting and having their social networks. The way that we try to structure this at, at my facility is when we when we moved into this location, it was a fitness facility before, but it was, it was very closed off. So we went in there and we took out some walls, we opened it up, we gave a nice front desk area. And one of the big things is like uh, our, our office manager, assistant office manager, whoever's working the front, is greeting everybody by their name. Exactly. Uh, we create an area where people can sit and while they're waiting for their one-on-one -on -one session to start, they can hang out and meet other people that train there we have very good coffee machine that the f whoever's working the front desk can make and we give that away for free to the clients we make it so that all of our trainers um, have the ability to work with all the clients in case someone's out so it, it's really trying to 
um, I think that's what you're trying to say there is like make this social connection there. Uh, I forgot who was talking about it, but um, they're talking about like creating this this third place. And Starbucks's big thing was was that it's like okay, people go to work and people go home, and they wanted like you know Starbucks' big thing was making this third place, and and that's one thing that we've tried to do for our facility where people is like this is their third place, this is their 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 place to have fun, place to um, you know talk about things that are bothered them because that, that happens, but also like where they can socially connect with other members. And it was really fun because one of our trainers recently got married and there was a bunch of clients there and it just made a super fun experience because you see all these people at the gym and you know, in their workout clothes and really not dolled up that much and then they're kind of out and dressed <laughs> yeah, up and like cool. everyone's having some drinks and so yeah. it made a fun, really good connection there. Yeah, that was cool. And, and that ties perfectly into the fourth one, which is psychological value. Does the product or service make that person feel good? Are they, are they walking out feeling empowered? Did they come in with an insecurity that whether they're still on their fitness journey, and most of us should be on that forever in some form or fashion, but are, do, they, do they feel good about coming? Do they feel better when they leave? Or do they feel accomplished, things like that? So also thinking about that psychological value. And so, um, and again, to your point, um, even the way that you structured the, the front of the gym, we do see those clients connect and see each other like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. And they're also enjoying that um, feeling of, I'm not giving up my community and my social and, um, and the people that are important to me by being here. It's not like I'm removing myself and going, I can connect with others. This kind of ties into one of the things that we do with clients first off that you created was this communications insight and really it's just their values. So it, it doesn't always have to be with com the way you communicate. Some, some of it's like how you design their workout. Because I was having this talk with uh, one of our clients and she was like, I, I really can't um, finish the workout with something that's going to make me nauseous because I have to you know, typically leave and jump on a Zoom right afterwards. But there's other people that are like, they want that strong finisher yes. and they want to feel that like, out of breath, sweating kind yeah. of deal. Some people, you know, they, they come in, they love working the core. And I'm like, oh, do we need to really work core specifically? But if it's something they value, we can end with that. Or if someone's like really loves to get more jacked arms, if we give them a pump there. So just kind of um, that psychological value, uh, because a lot of people talk about the peak in. People remember two things. They remember the peak of the actual um, event that they're, asked, and they, that they're at, but they also remember the ending. And so that ending, you can always figure out, okay, what does this person really value? And maybe it is throwing in a hardcore workout, a bicep pump, a, you know, a strong prowler push finisher kind of deal. But you got to make sure that's something they value. Not everyone's going to value all those different things. Exactly. And so, again, like with this value proposition, just thinking about these four, right? The, the functional, the monetary, the social, and the psychological. And thinking about are you tapping into those and, and how can you tap into them more? And you brought up the communication insights. And yeah, it does connect here too, because if somebody talks a lot about money and, and that tends to be something that they, even in conversation, reference things for, that was expensive or this or that, they may tend to be focused a little bit more on that. If they're talking about, well, I don't want to leave my family to do this or I'm struggling to schedule around these. So just kind of listening to those words will really start to help you get some insights. And then overall, you just got to think about those areas in value as you're communicating, marketing, all of those things to your client. Awesome. So that wraps up our first series of getting more clients. And really, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of marketing stuff up there. It's like, hey, we can get you 30 more clients in the next 30 days. But like, if you don't have this set 
understanding of what clients value, how to communicate differently with them and try to figure out like what they really value. Like you're just gonna be throwing noodles. It doesn't matter if you have the base, best Facebook marketing campaign, you've got great TikTok videos. Like if you don't understand the value of what your, your, your clients are really wanting, you're gonna be missing the mark. So tune in for the second one where we dive deeper into this.